Welcome to the Minimum Viable Podcast, a project of the Defense Entrepreneurs Forum. Our mission is to inspire, connect, and empower people in order to promote a culture of innovation in the U.S. national security community. You can learn more about DEF and get involved at DEF.org. That's D-E-F dot O-R-G. We look forward to your ideas and are excited to connect you with other doers working on hard problems. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Trish Martinelli here, your fearless executive director for the amazing Defense Entrepreneurs Forum. And I'm here with the leadership and volunteer team to welcome you to our Agora Super Launch event. This is a great opportunity to speak directly to the half a dozen uh, emerging Agoras that we have coming, as well as um, kind of speaking a little bit with our existing Agora leads to get the best of everything that we have when it comes to Agoras on uh, the call tonight. Uh, if you know somebody who has missed it, or if you're missing it, no, you wouldn't be hearing me if I said that. Um, we will record this today and uh, people will be able to kind of take a look back at that after this event. So without further ado, I am going to turn it over to one of our most active Agora members and leads, Mr. Ryan Connell from Boston, Massachusetts. Ryan, take it from here. All right. Thanks, Trish. Appreciate everyone being here. Excited to have this, uh, you called it super Agora launch party, uh, added the extra adjective, uh, unboxed, we've also been calling it, uh, because we have this Agora in a box template. So we're going to walk through the unboxing. Um, so first of all, one of my favorite comments on LinkedIn uh, when we started publicizing this event was, what the heck is an Agora? Uh, and that really made me laugh a little bit. So some some backstory to how we got to the Agora name. So uh, talking about ancient Greece, uh, an Agora was a open uh, centralized spot where people, leaders, uh, bu businessmen, academics would come and just trade ideas, make deals, have brainstorming. And really that's exactly what death is all about. Um, you know, in layman's terms, Agoras are our chapters but uh, they're the main drivers behind what DEF is and what success looks like for us. And so we're emulating that, uh, you know, culture from, from ancient Greece. You know, I think one of the, the differences that I've seen uh, specifically with DEF and how they operate in the Agora structure, you know, uh, compared to some other organizations is really that National is here to support the Agoras uh, rather than, you know, what you might consider to be the other way around in, in other organizations. Um, I'll, I'll share my intro to DEF. Uh, several years ago, I saw a LinkedIn post for DEF. I had no idea what it was. So I immediately decided to join, uh, free to sign up, right? Join DEF, figure that out. Uh, I see that there's an event in downtown Boston at this like dive bar. And I didn't really know what to expect at all. And I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna take a chance. I'm just gonna show up and, and go to this thing. And I, uh, I walk in the door and again, dive bar situations packed. Uh, everyone's having you know, beers and enjoying themselves. I don't see any signage for death. I'm like, I have no idea what we're doing here. Uh, I'm, I'm texting this guy, Adam Beal, who I've become friends with since. Uh, and I'm like, where am I supposed to go? And, and I didn't hear back right away. And there's a, there's a basement that's like a nightclub scene. And uh, it's a private, private event. And I'm like, all right, maybe they rented out like the basement. Like I, I was kind of expecting it to be like a classroom setting. I didn't know. and uh, I asked the bouncer, I'm like, hey, is this Jeff downstairs? And he's like, no, it's someone's birthday, but you can go look. 
So I go down there and it was definitely not what I was looking for. Um, a lot of grinding and dancing and drinking, uh, nothing wrong with that, but just wasn't, wasn't the deaf environment I was looking for. And uh, eventually stumbled upon just a booth. It was a booth with like three people sitting at it, having a beer and just talking about defense and innovation and what having a startup is like in this ecosystem that we're living in. And I was like, oh my gosh, this felt like home. Uh, and I've been sold ever since. And, and frankly, some of the people I met at that, uh, at that first night in my intro to deaf, uh, I've been friends with and colleagues with since. Um, and so I'll just kind of hit a few principles um, that deaf uh, stands by when we stand up these agoras. So building long lasting relationships. Join the meeting. That's something that uh, is important to us. Um, being open-minded in terms of topics. Uh, of course, they should align with our mission, which is you know national security, innovation, and culture. Uh, and lastly, just um, for innovation, it's for innovation to become action, it has to be something that's long-standing, right, and sustainable. Uh, and so I, I I read through this agora in the box, and I'm looking at this you know my own experience, you know, meeting Adam and the team uh, years ago in this dive bar, and thinking, wow, I still talk to these people all the time. Uh, and so uh, it hit home for me reading this agora in the box. Uh, so just some very, very basics about what we look like and how we're structured uh, at the national and then what the expectations are for any local uh, Agora that's wanting to stand up. So we uh, have a series of eight different types of roles at our level. We have communications, uh, community engagement. Of course, Trish is our executive director. Uh, we have finance, right? People that track the money. Uh, we have giving, people that raise money, uh, operations and programs. Uh, and we, you know, it, it makes sense for us at a big national level to have that many roles. Uh, when you get down to the local agoras, uh, really, we, we think somewhere around three is probably an ideal number um, for having, uh, you know, it all come to successful uh, or to have success uh, locally. Um, I know I just piled a lot on you. I'm going to stop quick. And uh, Trish, I know you're doing the chat box. Uh, any questions that come up so far as far as what an agora is? Uh, what the structure should look like if you're thinking about standing one up, anything like that. If you are an Agora lead on the call, if you don't mind using your like hand raise reaction to just say hi to everybody and identify yourself as an Agora lead, that would be awesome sauce. Thanks. Um, you know, I talked about a team of three being ideal for, for local uh, Agoras. Um, you know, going forward, we're asking that our Agora lead. So, you know, if you're someone that is interested in uh, standing up an Agora in your city, uh, we're asking you to become a volunteer at the national level and you'll likely be uh, on the community team. Yay, that's with me. Um, uh, unless there, you know, if you happen to be like a CPA and you want to help out with finance or if there's other sort of circumstances that you think would be a better fit, uh, that community team seems like the, uh, you know, ideal first pairing. Um, so hopefully something I said so far uh, has intrigued you or something you saw online or you got a bunch of emails from Trish, Trish or Heather uh, and you showed up today. So, so what's next, right? So the things that we are encouraging you to think about, you know, when starting a, a new Agora is, you know, what types of topics, like what's your theme? Uh, is there a specific, uh, you know, commodity base or, uh, you know, type of thing that's in your city that's important to you, um, you know, I'll give my easy example when I think of Boston, um, we certainly have a large defense um, you know, community. Uh, we also have like a big pharma community. I know uh, a lot of people in this area were heavily involved with like COVID uh, response and things like that. Um, 
So, you know, those are the two things that kind of come to mind with Boston, but every city has their own, you know, little niche. So think about what types of topics and themes that would be interested, that you'd be interested in putting on for your city. Uh, secondly, just venues. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I'll say outside of COVID, when we were going and having, uh, you know, deaf events in person, uh, we saw success having, you know, being able to leverage some of the existing space, um, asking local businesses to potentially donate, let us use their, their space, things like that. Um, I know we've had events at like a WeWork. Um, so, you know, anything that works, uh, we have people here locally that have been able to introduce us to some colleges that will let us use space and things like that. Um, you know, a lot of us have transitioned to more virtual, uh, which is absolutely fine. Uh, makes it makes it easier as far as trying to find venue space. Um, but all that said, you know, when you're when you're kind of moving on and, and going down your path of setting up an Agora, um, you know, the, the idea is that you're attracting like-minded people and you're trying to figure out who else in your city wants to come and belong. And so a lot of that kind of ties back to well, what are the topics and themes and, and where and how are you going to host it, right? So those those things are all sort of interrelated. Um, for us, I assume a lot of you are on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, um, which is where a lot of you probably heard about this event, um, or at least of death uh, in and of itself. Um, so that's an important takeaway for you as well, as far as you know, being able to advertise and promote your particular events in your city. Um, another takeaway for Agoras would just be that the expectation is that you're self-sufficient financially. Um, so, for example, if you're going to rent out a hall, you're going to buy food and invite people, uh, the expectation is that you're doing some sort of, some level of sponsoring, uh, maybe you're charging ticket prices, things like that, in order to offset uh, any sort of costs you have at your local Agora. Um, that said, and a little, a little um, perk, I guess, of being part of a larger organization, you know, if there are, you know, startups that are trying to kind of get off the ground, they need a little seed money. Uh, you know, talk to the team, and that's something that we can certainly uh, work towards coming out with some sort of arrangement to help you. Yeah, and I just wanted to kind of step um, in here. And another thing that we consider. Oh, go ahead, Trish. Yeah, sorry, just wanted to kind of step in here and actually invite Heath maybe a little bit into this conversation because I know, like, for some places like Washington D.C., it's pretty normal for us to hold an event and we ask people to pay to come to the event. Um, in places, in other places, um, you know, part of the deaf value proposition is that they don't charge um, for events. So Heath, if you don't mind kind of like stepping in and sharing your experience with that for a quick minute. Yeah, um, thanks Trish, was not expecting that already. Had a mouthful of bourbon, come on, give me, give me, give me a chance there. Um, no, it's just kind of something that, you know, already, uh, with being in Indiana, Bloomington, we have some defense, but, you know, we were already kind of fighting an uphill battle a few years ago, of just kind of getting it out there. You know, everybody thought we did all defense did in Indiana was make bombs and missiles and blah, blah, blah. Right. So one thing that we kind of always stuck with was um, creating the lowest barrier to entry to come to our events. And we have some, fortunately, we have some very, very, very awesome sponsors. Um, and kind of being out here in the midwest we're not saturated with a lot of other defense groups we have an fca we have a couple other things that we work together with uh bunker labs indy but uh, a lot of people once we kind of explain what we did and what we wanted we just kind of asked and and you know cost out here is relatively low and we can usually get a sponsor to pay three four hundred bucks for uh well pre-covid to buy some beer and some bartenders and we have a very awesome um nonprofit here in Bloomington 
that allows us to always use our venue for free. It's right next to Indiana, Indiana University. So they, they can take that cost. So uh, just a perfect storm of, of uniqueness, uh, great partners. Uh, the biggest thing I can say is don't oversaturate your, um, your sponsors in your area. You know, make sure you give them a shout out there. You, hey, we literally could not do this if this sponsor didn't pay for this tonight. That's why people don't have to pay is because of X company. They are a local company. They are a company out of DC even, but they believed enough to make sure that we could get everybody here that wanted to be here tonight. Awesome, Pete. Thanks for sharing that. Enjoy the burden. <laughs> um, no, for sure. And, and you know, uh, seeing the same thing here. You know, just the the decision point of charging for events or not, um, getting sponsors or not. Um, you know, obviously pros and cons. But to your point, Heath, I think uh, hugely crucial to make sure that you're giving shoutouts, giving thanks, uh, making sure they understand the importance of the partnership. Um, I'll also kind of piggyback on something you said, just, you know, you talked about the perfect storm. You know, I think there's, um, you know, uh, practice makes perfect, right? So I think, I think the, the more you can engage with local community, explain what death is, talk about what you're doing, what the mission is, um, people tend to get a little excited. And so you start to create a little bit of buzz locally. Um, and, and that's been successful here too, you know, just seeing uh, various universities want to jump in and see how they can help and things like that. So uh, I think what you hit on, you, you said it very elegantly, but uh, I wanted to hit it a little more robustly that there's there's definitely some tangible takeaways from uh, building those partnerships. Thanks, Ryan. I think that if just one more thing real quick, I think it's it all depends on the area, right? So some places may charge, some places may not. It's not something that we hold that, hey, we're better or worse, just it's kind of the way it worked out. Hopefully there's going to be events where we do have to charge one day because we're flying people in from all over. So it's just kind of something that we've grown and, and created where we're at now, at the level sure. we are at. Sure, no, it makes sense. Thanks. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a couple sentences here and then uh, for anyone else that's been around for a while, chime in. Uh, so this Agora in the Box document talks about, you know, the success, success of an Agora uh, having about an event a month. Um, I know here in Boston, I don't think we're hitting that mark. Um, I know we're not hitting that mark. Uh, definitely less than that, but, you know, still uh, several times a year, I'll say. Um, so if anyone else, uh, existing chapter, been around for a while, Igor, excuse me, wants to uh, chime in and let us know how many roughly uh, you do a year, that would be good to hear. All right, see, uh, Daniel, thanks you, nine a year, skip certain months. So yeah, uh, Dan Jasper here with FDC, and uh, our goal is to do a once a month. But at the same time, uh, you have to realize what's feasible based on your volunteer support, your network. Because, um, yeah, as Heath mentioned, it's, it's awesome when you can get those sponsors. And you definitely make sure to throw them kudos throughout the event. Uh, if we get on the podcast, even better, because that gives them national level exposure. But at the same token, uh, the biggest thing that I was uh, giving advice on whenever I took over this chapter, this Agora, was make sure not to do it all yourself. 
And that's really my first year. I committed 100% to this goal of I will hold an event every month. I don't care if I have to do it all myself. I don't care if I have to set it up, you know, plan it, do go to Costco on the way to the event and then be the moderator. We're going to do this, right? Uh, I definitely caution against that because uh, it, it definitely wears you out very quickly. So make sure to build a team and, and have some folks behind you that, that are willing to step up and help out with various parts of it. And if you fall short of that monthly goal, that, then, hey, you know what? That's that's It's not the end of the world, right? Uh, but we want to keep you committed to the organization, committed to the goals that we are all here to achieve. And, and that's not necessarily just making sure we meet that monthly thing. It's, it's you know, for me personally, I set the goal of third Thursday. That That's that's whenever I try to do a Def DC drink and think. And the nice thing about the third Thursday goal is, you know, it gives you something to aim for. But if I don't meet that goal, I still have a week that I could scramble and maybe get something together, even if it's just a social. Um, but like I said, at, at this point, after a year of doing it and, and doing a lot of it solo, I, I just said, you know what, this month it might just not happen, and and it's totally okay. Sure, thanks, Dan. Uh, yeah, and I Trish called got... out Nick. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just about to say, I'm going to call out Nick. I I think he might be on his phone, so he might not have seen our warning. <laughs> that yeah. coming. All, all good. I'm uh, I'm hiding in my uh, kids' playroom right now, so uh, it's the only quiet spot in the house. Uh, the time before bedtime is just bonkers. Uh, so yeah, I'll talk a little bit about the Def 757. Um, obviously, I'm sure like most locations, uh, COVID kind of hit hard with just events and just you know kind of up uprooted kind of a bunch of processes and what we had. Um, so I took over the Hampton Roads Agora, what we call Def 757 now, back in October, um, and I kind of approached it like a, a a new launch um just because it had been a little while since we did an event so at least my process to kind of go about that was to uh you know have some conversations uh through linkedin in person with some folks that i knew who might be interested and just kind of started a small little grassroots um i did some additional kind of thinking drinks and some smaller events just to try to um, kind of kind of like a soft opening per se of, hey, who's interested, what's going on? And through those events, um, I kind of compiled those together to kind of lead up to this uh, a larger event that we're having next week called Neptune's Revolution to where um, really trying to use that as a big platform to launch spinoff uh, topics, spinoff events and activities but it has about uh, almost 12 different uh, organizations in the area talking about what they're doing from an innovation perspective, pulling in everybody from augmented reality to AI to just general innovation topics. Um, and so I'm kind of using that as a way to um, really market uh, the, the new kind of DEF 757 and kind of where we're going. And so, it's just kind of, uh, you know, our approach that we did um, heavy on the LinkedIn, um, where I created a, a Def 757 LinkedIn page to where we're, we're getting over three, 300, I think, followers now from zero. 
So we're, you know, in a matter of a month. So we're, we're getting up there. Um, I'm excited for the event, uh, you know, the folks that are uh, going to be attending. So again, I'm, I'm happy to share anything I've done so far in the past few months, uh, some lessons learned um, so far uh, with, uh, with kind of the, the relaunch, I'm calling it. And the cool thing about, um, I think what you're doing there, Nick, is like, it's kind of a reinvigoration of, you know, uh, an Agora that's, um, I mean, like we all did, we had a tough couple of years with uh, COVID and, and some of those restrictions. But one of the things I really saw you do that I really liked was you leveraged the other people in DEF to say like, I mean, you didn't have to pull all of the speakers for your event out of your back pocket. Sure. You, um, you know, kind of reached out to the network within DEF to, um, you know, kind of make it happen. So uh, I'm looking forward to coming there. And uh, coincidentally, I'm also going to Bloomington. So I guess if you talk on these <laughs> events, then I just fly out to see you or something. <laughs> Mercedes, yep, you're next. Yep. Just kidding. <laughs> um, well, actually, I would like to kick it over uh, when you're done, uh, Nick, kick it over to Jack Ryan in Austin. He's uh, He'll weigh in a little bit as well. Sure. Just one other thing I'll say before I, I turn over. The, the one cool thing I, I like about Deaf is, you know, we we exist outside the bureaucracy, and so, you know, with the challenges that exist within the government of whether it's politics, funding, and other challenges, you know, the the attraction I think to a lot of folks, at least in, in our area, is just a safe space to be able to think about what if or what could be, and you know, without any ramifications, it's just some people getting together in an informal way, just trying trying to conquer the world. That's it. So that's all. That's all from uh, Cold Chesapeake. Cool. Well, I guess it's uh, put Jack on the spot. There he is. Can everybody hear me? Gotcha. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd want to just kind of let everyone know what's what I've loved about DEF. So I, I think I reached out to DEF in 2018 timeframe uh, when everything kind of started here in Austin, a larger round Army Futures Command showing up here. Now we had other pockets already, DIU is here, AFWorks. So we already had this small innovation, you know, ecosystem going. It's kind of, it's rocket ship since then, but... <clears throat> What was great is I called up and like, hey, do you have a, a, a local deaf group here? And they said, I, mean, I was talking to Jerry McCord at the time. And he goes, no, you're it. Congratulations. I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. And so they let me run with it. And, and more importantly, like there was no mandate to be inside this box of what you had to be in your city. It was, you know, make it unique to what your ecosystem is you know, form it around what your strengths are, you know, what your superpower, and even to uh, another extent, you know, how you can integrate regionally. So what we've, or what we're attempting to do, and I've got Michelle um, Pearson here on, uh, from Dallas, is, you know, work regionally with other uh, deaf borrowers in Texas, where we can say, hey, here's all the stuff that we've done. How can we help you grow as a new Agora coming online, you know, can we get up there for your events? You know, we're in driving distance. It helps support those things. And, you know, I came to that conclusion from going up and visiting, you know, like Heath and 
the gang up in the Midwest because they weren't focused on just doing Bloomington. You know, when they had an event, whether it was month or whatever, they were calling up all the boys and girls from the region and bringing them all in for these events. So it was a lot more powerful. You had a lot more connections and a lot more capabilities coming to the table. So I'd say, you know, if you're focused on starting a new Agora, look at what you do really well, but also look at what's nearby and what other towns are near you where you can combine for your events when you hold them either monthly or quarterly, however you do it. So you get a better turnout and you get more, you know, return on the investment for the interaction when everybody shows up. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm willing to fly places to, you know, go to these events because they are so powerful because everyone brings something different to the table, you know, here in Austin, we're fortunate because the way we've kind of mapped out, we've got so many defense innovation groups here. I'm more of a, I guess, chess piece player, like trying to offset different events going on around defense innovation to make sure everybody's working together to support each one of those events. Um, and that's, you know, like I said, that's unique to my environment that I'm in here. So don't try to beat Austin. You know, we had uh, Mercedes came down, they're starting up um, their group out in Ogden, Utah. She was here in Austin last week. And, you know, that was the thing I was trying to kind of impress is, you know, look at the good stuff that other Agoras are doing, find ones that are similar to you and, and kind of mirror that, but don't let that be your, you know, how you define yourself, define yourself by your environment around you. So that's the, the major points I wanted to get out there. Um, and if anyone ever has any questions, reach out, I'm happy to help in any way I can. And I'll be working directly with Michelle and Mercedes and their respective Agoras to, you know, help, help where I can. So thanks. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, and one thing I'll just add too that, you know, just don't feel like there's pressure. Uh, I'll say it that way. Uh, you know, I think the last Boston event we had was just a virtual drink and think, uh, which was which was a social gathering. Um, I think six or seven people showed up and it was still a little magical, right? I mean, I'm talking, so I, I had six or seven strangers that I've never met before and no one knew anyone. Uh, and it was just this go around, who are you, what do you do? And at the end of the call, it's like, hey, Ryan, I got to get on your calendar. Hey, Adam, this, you know, and it was just this uh, connection that just kind of sparked itself. Um, and again, out of nothing, it's just seven strangers in, in an hour in a room uh, virtually. And so, uh, you know, there's no planning that goes into that. So it's pretty straightforward. Uh, so, you know, uh, I guess given that, you know, if all of that, sounds good <laughs> and you want to start you know uh inspiring connecting empowering people in your local area um couple paths forward um so basically just uh reach out to me heather anyone you know just basically providing who the poc is going to be so who would be you know leading your agora in your area um We'll have you join as a deaf member officially uh, as a volunteer, excuse me, uh, and join our community Slack. So for those that are deaf members, I think that's everyone on the call. Um, make sure you're you're in on Slack. Uh, that's basically our communication tool, how everyone talks to each other. Uh, so that's important. Uh, you'll establish a name for your Agora. Most of the time, it's just your city, uh, deaf Austin, deaf Austin, uh, whatever it is. There are some exceptions. Uh, so for example, like Salt Lake City is Silicon Slopes. Um, so if you have a catchy name that makes sense for your city, uh, you can use that as well. Uh, and basically, once you have an Agora name, we'll hook you up with an email address. You'll have that name at def.org. Uh, and we use everything's on Google Suite. So we share files and everything right on the Google Drive. 
uh, and pretty much from there, you're good to start inspiring, connecting, empowering uh, everyone in your local area. So um, I will kind of leave you with this before we kind of open it up more, but uh, you know, it's important to partner with, with national, um, you know, so I, I think it's an takeaway that we don't want necessarily to open up an Agora and just kind of run away uh, and, and don't talk to us again. There's no such thing as an independent Agora. Uh, you know, we're here to build that community. Uh, we at the national level have the templates, the best practices, the branding, uh, the, the marketing, everything that can be leveraged. Um, and, and everyone that's here on the phone right now that's available to help you. Um, so it's important to know that. And, and, you know, I'll share, I just set up an event uh, for Deaf Boston next month. And I mean, it make, they make it so easy. You have a form that you fill out. Um, basically, it all gets handled. The event break gets created. A Zoom link got created on my behalf. Um, it I already have the marketing taken care of, right? So it's important to uh, make sure we're partnering uh, from that perspective. Um, so, you know, from here, uh, I think we'll just, uh, you know, see who is planning on and soliciting ideas and who's actually planning on starting a, a local Agora. I hope a lot of you. And uh, we'll play a little bit of matchmaker. We'll, we'll find the Jack Ryans out there, the Heaths and everyone else that wants to uh, help out from like a mentorship type capacity. And we'll uh, play a little internal matchmaker. Um, that's really the Agora in a box. Uh, Trish, I don't know if you want to kind of open it up for some more dialogue with some of the more uh, senior folks on the line. Yeah, uh, so I think what I'll do is um, I had asked at the original uh, beginning of this for our um, Agora leads to put up their hands. So if you'll take those down now, we'll start using the um, hand raising for um, actual questions. And um, it's going to get weird and uncomfortable if everybody just looks in the screen and I'll call on you starting with Stephanie. Just kidding. You're the first person I'm seeing. So, I mean, it would be cool. I know some of the names and faces here, but um, like Jason, I haven't met you do you mind coming off mute and telling us uh what where you're near and uh what agora you are connected to or will be connected to no you're still on mute sorry let me see if i can unmute you no i can't okay live tv this is how this happens right um okay let's open the floor sorry jason I, I couldn't get you off mute so um i would like to know like where people are kind of connecting to if you're already connected with an agora or if you're um part of our newest um uh, group of people looking at agoras so that would be awesome if you come off mute and ask a question anything that you've heard or Yep. Am I off mute now? Yes. Yes. Celebrates. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hi. Um, my name is Jason Ransack. So I, uh, I have, uh, uh, we're a pretty active group of industry and government uh, folks involved in contracting in the state, great state of Wisconsin. Um, shout out to my uh, person who is from Bloomington. I spent some time in Bloomington and worked for. Uh, Naval Surface Warfare Center there. So I, uh, I had some time there. It's a great, great community. Um, I think what I was interested in is we have um, a very long standing core group of folks in the state, mix of industry and government, who've been doing events for a long time under NCMA and NDIA type um, programs. 
but I, I just felt like it was getting a little stale and I'm trying to bring in some new ideas and shake folks up a little bit. So that's what drew me to this and wanted to see what, what y'all are up to out there, what kind of magic you're making and seeing if that I can bring that a little bit, uh, back home. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on here and I'm, I'm definitely in learn and listen mode. So thank you. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So I'm, I'm sure that we have other Agora leads that um, kind of felt that same, um, you know, kind of need to do a little snow globe readjustment, like shaking it up a little bit, doing it a little bit different. Um, I might actually kind of tag Richard Tippett um, to talk a little bit about his event, his launch. Um, was it like six months ago, Richard, or was it longer than that? But Ooh, it came out yeah. of the gate swinging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, I think it was, Ross, help me remember. I think you're on the call. I think it was coming up on a year ago. I think it was June. So yeah, where does that, five, six, eight let's months say ago? Let's nine months. Just for, whatever. Just, we'll just do nine months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I think that all of us, uh, we tried to launch in the middle of like multiple peaks of the pandemic. And and he's uh, in so Silicon Valley, the Silicon we're, Valley yeah, so area. We're, we're all of the Bay Area, everything Bay Area, North Bay, South Bay, uh, San Francisco, East Bay, all of the things. Um, we we launched early. We had a really good first event. We um, we just went big and asked Steve Blank to come and speak, and he said yes, and he spoke, and it was great. Uh, we had an hour, about 20 minutes of uh, him just talking and another 40 minutes of him answering questions, which was incredible. Um, but ever since then we've, we've sputtered. And I think part of that is because we did go so big, but, um, also as part of the pandemic and we're trying to learn and adapt with that and figure out what next steps are for us. And so our, our membership has, or our attendance has varied anything from 10 to 15 people to just, uh, just Ross and Tim last time, which are the two guys helping me out with this. So it's, um, I think everybody, the, the one bit of advice I can give everybody right now is just be resilient and, and just roll with it. And I think as we, as we start to open things back up, hopefully for good now, uh, we can all start to hit our stride. You know, and I think um, Richard's example was pretty awesome. I mean, as the Def Agora leader in the greater Bay Area, he just sent a message via LinkedIn to Steve Blank. And Steve Blank was like, oh yeah, Defense Entrepreneurs Forum, I've heard of them before. And, um, you know, got a response and, you know, was able to set Richard up for, you know, um, great success on his launch event. And, you know, I, I, if anything, I think Richard's story kind of re-emphasizes how important team is for Agora launches. Um, you know, one person can have all the energy in the world, but one person can't do it alone. I, I'm going to see some head nods, I'm sure, from my uh, Agora leads. So we delineate the functions in the document that you know is the agora in the box we we speak specifically about the functions but we don't have any intention of one person doing all eight of them it will um it will wear you out and that's not what we're about we're here for the long haul so um really cool stuff um i'm sure that we have some other kind of like first time callers on here i see kamiki i see jay hello um kamiki is here and um this is actually kind of a cool partnership that we've had with um some of the contracting professionals around there and um you know, if I can put you on the spot for 10 seconds, um, you know, talk a little bit about the um, importance of 
private public partnerships when it comes to defense contracting and you know our our the way that we do our work in the defense department definitely trish good evening everyone so this is way past my bedtime so <laughs> i am an early early Thank riser this is definitely past my bedtime but no it it really is important um i learned about death um of course from dolores who is the president-elect for ncma tyson's and i'm the current president for ncma tyson's but i am also a Air Force slash Space Force um, government contracting personnel. And so it's very important as we talk about innovation and we're trying to bring new companies in to the defense space is having these safe spaces to have conversations. So that is the one thing I definitely love about DEF. Um, I've been a part of FC, I've been a part of NCMA, but I think DEF does it a little bit differently in providing that safe space. It's real relaxed. I don't feel like anyone is ever pushing anything or selling anything, but definitely allows us to come up with ways to um, just be creative. Like, how do we solve the issues at hand? You know, think about the future where we're going. So I definitely love that opportunity and how important it is for those partnerships. So thank you. I'm glad I'm glad you stayed up past your bedtime. I will see you at the <laughs> next dinner. Speaking of safe yeah. space, Jay, speaking of safe space. Talk, talk to us a little bit about space and WeWork and how um, important uh, the partnership between WeWork and DEF is. Not for sure. Uh, the DEF partnership to me, uh, you know, it's a personal passion. Um, I love being able to align these two brands. I love this community, um, kind of what everybody here stands for. Um, thankful to be on the call with the Agoras and the soon-to-be Agoras. I would say reach out, let's connect, um, especially uh, with Richard Tippett, uh, I think there's a way that we can do some things in San Francisco. There's a couple of efforts that I'm working on in that area. So let's definitely connect and try to make that happen. But when we talk about safe space, I mean, what do I do? I sell space for a living, right? And so I just think it makes sense to align this with a brand and with the, with the mission set to where the space can be utilized in the best way possible. We've had a really successful uh, event last year at the DF 2021 here at our uh, 200 Massachusetts location. I mean, you bring people out, you have the conversations, me, I'm very passionate about ending innovation theater. Like, uh, let's actually do something. Let's actually have a real conversation. Let's actually make meaningful connections. And the fortune is truly in the follow-up. I mean, I've literally had maybe 15 to 20 conversations based off of that one event that led to some real outcomes that I can be really proud of and stand on. So I would say drive towards that success and, and lean on me. Um, it's not only spaces. Um, I'm, I have a, a great purview of seeing things from a national perspective on different uh, pain points as well as different uh, uh, spots on the heat map, right? If there's a if there's someone I can connect you to, if there's information I can provide you, uh, use me as a resource and an ally for sure. All right, so I'll uh, turn it back over to Ryan and um, and just say that I really appreciate all of the um, people who have provided their expertise, and I'm really looking for some excellent questions from the other attendees. So still waiting um but yeah turn it back over to ryan to bring it home thanks trish uh one thing i'll add because i know jason i know kamiki um uh important that i don't know if you announced it but i mean it's been all over social media but def at a national level uh built a partnership with ncma recently um and so i think even even here locally i'm looking for opportunities to find ways to have joint local events um, so I think, you know, knowing that that partnership exists, um, you know, Jason, for you and the, the question that you asked and, um, you know, Kamiki and, and Dolores next year, uh, there's opportunities to obviously partner uh, and, you know, have intertwined events and things like that. 
Um, I just appreciate everyone being here. Um, I'm excited that we're able to unbox the Agora in a box. Um, for those, if you want a copy of the actual document, I don't know if we sent it out, but I'm happy to send that out to everyone. Um, just, it's only like two pages, just kind of walks you through uh, what the expectations are going through and, and you know, starting an Agora on your, on your own. Um, I don't have much more to add. Uh, I'll pause really quick unless anyone, in case anyone wants to say anything, otherwise uh, we'll let Kamiki get to bed. I do have one more thing. NCMA, Tyson's, and DC have partnered up for an event on May 19th. So it is a um, think and drink, and it's for young professionals, and it's going to be at WeWorks. So we have that partnership as well. So I Look just want to put that out there. Um, more to come, but I did want to share that because that is an awesome opportunity. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Well, if, oh, go ahead. I heard, a, I heard a breath. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you. This is Mercedes in beautiful Ogden, Utah, for anyone who wants to visit. I'm with the uh, GBSD Ground-Based Strategic Deterrent Program, uh, the Defense Department's largest modernization program, full-on replacement of the intercontinental ballistic missile. And just like so thrilled to be involved in this. And so, and so just a just a few questions. Is there um, some kind of roster list of everyone just to connect with everybody on LinkedIn, like an easy thing. And then also um, when I was with Indopaycom, Daniel Holter and I had organized um, one or two events out there and it was really powerful to have the event go out under like the deaf logo and everything like that. Is there going to be more guidance on, on that type of branding invite and all that? Uh, yeah, so uh, as far as the branding part goes, uh, just connect with Heather or I, and we can certainly work with you as far as uh, making sure it's branded and, and marketed uh, accordingly. Um, I don't know that I know the first answer. I'm going to put Heather on the spot, I think, just regarding, and, and Jack Ryan might have just answered the question in the chat box. It looks like there is a LinkedIn group that you can at least belong to. Um, it would probably be a good idea that we uh, continue to promote that so everyone that is a member of DEF is part of it. Um, and then, of course, uh, Mercedes, you're aware of the Slack channel where everyone is uh, in that is a deaf member is part of the Slack channel. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the most active Slack, Slack channels I've ever seen. Well, or Slack uh, uh, community. little channel communities. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, I, you know, it, it, the, that is one of the first places that I always go if somebody says, oh, I'm looking for a job or I'm looking to hire or, you know, I've just uh, started talking about artificial intelligence at my office. Um, the first place I go is our Slack community. And I, I'm hardly ever disappointed that there's not already a Slack channel or somebody who's an expert in it. I, I, uh, I, I had a baby this year and I took some time off of everything. And I finally logged back into Slack after like a month or two. And I think my phone took like five minutes to update all of the channels. I could just see it scrolling. Um, yeah, so it's definitely very active. And um, I think Michelle had a question too, that's, Ryan. That's where I was going. I heard, saw Michelle's hand up. I always forget to turn off lower hand. Okay, there you go. Nice to meet everybody. Great to be here. Um, I am in DFW. And Jack is a good friend, been a friend for a couple of years, and he is uh, twisting, I think Trishy twisted his arm and said, hey, help, help us. <laughs> so um, my business partner is David Hamilton, and we have America's Future Series. <clears throat> I'm still getting over a call, so I, pre I apologize. Um, we have America's Future Series. We do events 
um, uh, last two years has been virtual. We have our first uh, in-person April 13th. We're honoring uh, General uh, Joe Dumpert. We might be doing something special with DAP. We've, been, we've had a meeting today, um, but we have an event. Uh, oh, well, first of all, my question is the deaf community LinkedIn, is that for just deaf members or is that, can we promote this, um, this, this group or who, who, who do you want to be part of that group? Um, so the LinkedIn is for, for our deaf members to connect okay. on the LinkedIn space. You can always tag the Defense Entrepreneurs Forum um, by the, you know, by the kind of organization's name. And um, I make it a regular habit of tagging our Agora leads and our national volunteers by name. Um, I, I wish that there was like a distro list function on LinkedIn where I could just say like tag everybody in, um, <laughs> tag everybody in the Defense Entrepreneurs Forum, but I think they want to be more selective with our tagging. Plus they limit you to like, I don't know, 35 or 40 tags before they say you can't tag anymore. So um, yeah. yeah, the LinkedIn um, space would be kind of like what we were asking for earlier that um, that Jack dropped in about where to find us on LinkedIn. But um, you know, no no harm in tagging anybody. I yeah. have I've recently discovered, <laughs> much to my chagrin, that people can untag themselves in your oh really posts. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to be tagged anymore in your posts. No names mentioned. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've never so, done that, Trish. I've just done the mute notification when I don't want to keep getting, you know, notified. <laughs> you're my go-to guy, right? You're my go-to. <laughs> so, Trish, is it okay if I talk about the event a little bit and what we want to do in promoting death? Yeah, just uh, briefly. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So we have an event on uh, February 22nd. Uh, it's a virtual event with General Alexander, and so we're having a happy hour. Um, at the end of the day, and Trish and Dolores and some other people are going to be speaking. We're inviting some other leaders, hopefully national leaders, um, to speak about deaf and entrepreneurship, you guys. And so we would like to uh, promote, you know, those of you that are new, um, well, any, and not just new, any of the Angoras, you know. So, um, you know, I've been sending LinkedIn. We can promote you or we can connect. You know, we want to use this event, you know, to highlight to highlight deaf, to um, encourage membership, show show its value. So, um, and 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 if you know, be part of the happy hour. <clears throat> happy hours at the end of the day. Um, so the, the people that come to our event, maybe there's somebody in your town that you can connect with. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, and, and so, I need to say that when Michelle says we host events, like they host events with a capital E like they have all of the top tier leaders around the national security space on their Rolodex so number one there are great events to attend um, because you will draw so much out of it and number two it, it is very good for us and deaf to kind of reciprocally support what they're doing and um, also very much looking forward to being part of your work there and I see a question from Ms. Dolores Cucina Cucina. Well, I just wanted, um, hopefully it's okay, Trish, but I, I know that we're working on executing it. So um, we are finalizing our partnership with America Future Series. So we're super excited about that. Michelle, thank you so much for joining today. I'm really excited about the partnership and ready to start working together and collaborating, especially for this February 22nd event. 
um, and the events coming uh, later in the year. So I didn't really have a question, but I did want to <laughs> highlight that we did uh, get a new partnership. So everyone will see it on LinkedIn soon. Yes. Please go like, please go tag, and then please also join the events. So thank you so much. Jeremy. Awesome. I don't know. What was, yeah, Jeremy, you got it. How's it going? Uh, uh, Jerry Moore, uh, looking to try to get uh, Agora started up in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, I had just a quick question. If uh, I know that there's quite a few military members uh, involved, but I didn't know if anybody who's uh, serving on active orders, is there any sort of restrictions for being involved in the leadership component uh, in the Defedora? So none that I'm aware of, because it's a not-for-profit organization, much like any other. Um, now, I know if you're a contracting professional, you'll have different rules and ethics, and um, Ryan and Dolores um, know, know that all too well. So um, there'll be a couple things. When we do our work in DEF, we do it as private individuals. We don't represent the military. We don't represent, you know, our military command, and we make that pretty clear up front. Um, you know, and... Yes, so I, I think that you have uh, permission to do that. You know, if you have any questions, you can always take it to your chain of command, but I have never experienced anyone who's been discouraged from doing it. And if anything, you know, I've seen a lot of military leaders that kind of encourage people to um, participate in DEF if they're interested, because it does give you kind of um, a runway to speak about things that are important to write about things under the deaf banner, um, you know, and to really express ideas that um, if you were expressing them in your official capacity, you know, may need to be processed through some bureaucracy that we just don't have here. Trish, one thing I'd like to add is um, what I've noticed is sometimes though, we'll have a military member who starts that deaf organization, but we have a problem with continuity because that person's fired up, they get it going, and then they rotate out to their next duty assignment. So I would suggest for any of people starting it up, make sure there's like kind of a, a collaboration between you know someone who's a, a civilian component or someone who's gonna be there for a while that can be that glue as you get that thing up and running um, because we've just seen a, fall, a, a few of them fall off. You know, started out great, but then just didn't have the legs to keep going. Yeah, and I, I might want to um, just briefly touch on the um, example of Agitari. So um, Mercedes mentioned Daniel Holter, um, premier member in DEF, like a real plank holder here, um, had a project in mind to um, empower facilitation um, and started it off as a project under the DEF banner called Project Agitari and has really um, grown and matured this into his own signature contribution to national security, uh, along with other partners uh, within the Agitari brand. But that started here. And it now, um, you know, it, the Defense Department derives great benefit from it. In fact, I think it was just a week or maybe 10 days ago that he had the Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force in one of his facilitation courses. And it really made a big impact. So, you know, that is one of the things that we are keen on doing is giving people um, the runway to, you know, kind of run with ideas that are relevant to national security and being able to reflect, um, you know, success or lessons learned as they mature that into kind of um, how they might be able to take that back into their national security space and contribution. 
So I know we're getting close on time and um, I had to remind Ryan to remind me to remind you that we have a really cool uh, event coming up the week of 14 February. One of the things that is a um, member benefit is a project that we call Covalence where um, we have our Covalent partners reach out to you and say, hey, what are you interested in? And you may be interested in national security specific topics, artificial intelligence, et cetera, but you may be, some, be interested in something a little bit broader, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, or um, you know, veterans from Texas, things of this nature. And Covalent uses a really cool artificial intelligence matching system to help match you with other people in depth that you probably don't know. Um, for me, that happened in October last year, right after our national conference, I got uh, matched with Kevin Burnett, who is a great Navy uh, civilian. And during our discussion, um, he mentioned that he knows some folks at the N17, so the top of the Navy personnel ladder dealing with some uh, longstanding problems there. And I was actually able to take that um, introduction into my day job at the National Security Innovation Network and apply some of our innovation solutions to the Navy personnel problems that they were having at that level. So it's still a project that's ongoing. And if it were not for DEF, I would never have met the team um, at the Navy N1 level that are wrestling with some of these um, innovation um, in innovation absent problems. So we were able to you know, bring our innovation um, kind of talents to bear there. But things like that happen around DEF. When we say that, you know, our mission is to connect our members, it really is. So the week of 14 February is our Palantines event. So if you see an email from Covalence inviting you to let us all know what you're interested in, you will know how this is connected to, um, you know, our, our connection portion of what we do in DEF. And that's it. That's all I have to say. Back to you, Ryan. <laughs> all right. Well, I just want to thank everyone for being here today, uh, tonight, uh, keeping Kaniki up past her bedtime. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing the requests coming in, introductions, and some new Agoras being launched. Uh, we're here to help. Um, and so, again, thank you for being here. I'm looking forward to it. Hope everyone has a good night. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We love ideas and feedback, so feel free to send your thoughts to hello at deaf.org. For more great content and to stay in the loop about community events and activities, follow us on social media and subscribe to our monthly newsletter. Everyone plays a part in building the innovative national security culture we want to see. To find where you fit, just go to deaf.org slash join. That's def.org slash join.